In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host Jack and an absolute superstar legend, Jake Burns. Jake, how are you? I'm good, Paul, Jack. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Jack, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can. I was just, I was disappointed that you didn't introduce me as a superstar legend. Have I done something to offend you today? You did come on the show wearing a patch shirt, so you know you've got that yellow card against your name. But we have Mark Schofield on. So, Jake, give us a quick overview of what's been going on the last 18 months. I just simply can't keep up with you. One minute you're here, one minute you're there. You're like a superstar legend just climbing the Cleveland Browns ladder. Yeah, so um, you guys can find me at the uh, at the OBRs, which is where I've been since the beginning of the year. Um, but I also started to leap out a little bit to Cleveland.com. So I'm on Cleveland.com doing an article or two there every week. I do the Brownstone breakdown stuff as well. Uh, none of that has changed. But really just the OBR, Cleveland.com, and then I have my own little Brownstone breakdown podcast as well that we do on top of that. Awesome. Now – uh, Jake, I'm sure that everyone listens to our show, also listens to yours. But if you don't listen to Jake Burns, he is the mecca for breakdowning the Cleveland Browns games and detail around the Browns. So, uh, Jake, thank you very much for your time tonight. Hey, no, my pleasure, guys. You know that. Any Anytime you have me on, I'd love to join. All right, excellent. So, f- first thing first, we've got some questions from some of our uh, guests. Uh, or, or or listeners, and the first question is from a super fan. It is Pumpkinhead. What positions in the free agency are the most important for the Browns to address? Good question. I think they need to address. Well, let's start it this way. Both the draft and free agency are both extremely heavy defensive quality. Um, uh, I, I guess supply of players is is heavily favored to the defensive side. Um, I would say the uh, free agency market heavily favors box players, linebackers, defensive linemen. So if they could get, um, I don't know, one one of the edge rushers that they deem fit that they can afford, uh, D-tackle that they can afford, and then there are a couple linebacker choices. C.J. Mosley's available, probably going to be available. Anthony Barr, Jordan Hicks from Philadelphia – those names are available. I'd like them to add one linebacker. That's the way they can do it. Interior guys, Grady Jarrett, I don't think he hits the market. He's possible, but I would be surprised. You can look at Ndamukong Sue. You can look at uh, the potential of somebody like, uh, I think Sheldon, is it, Sheldon Richardson is available. And then um, one more name I can't remember off the top of my head. But there, there are options at D-tackle, obviously. And then – uh, on the edge, you have Clowney, you have Frank Clark, you have D. Ford, all of which will probably be available. Demarcus Lawrence, some of these guys will get tagged, but there's a chance some of them get to free agency. And if they do get to free agency, I think you certainly have to look at defensive tackle, defensive end, and linebacker being positions that they can address. They're not really 
much help in the secondary. Corners are a little thin. Ronald Darby out of Philly was a name that was going to be fun, but I think he's, uh, I think he had an ACL tear mid-year, so he's sort of, uh, I wouldn't say damaged goods, but you just don't know what you're getting there. There are a ton of safeties to be had, the likes of LaMarcus Joyner and Tyron Matthew, uh, all the way up to Earl Thomas, but the Browns don't really need those positions, so I don't expect them to get much uh, secondary help in, in free agency. So if I had to put you on the spot and I'd tell you you can sign three free agents, who would be your favorite three names? Ooh, three free agents. So if you have a dream list of guys that you don't think are going to be tagged, uh, I think you would start with the idea of Grady Jarrett. He's a dominant interior player who can pass rush and hold his own against the run, which is pretty important, obviously, and the Browns struggled against the run. Pairing him next to Larry would be ideal. Getting C.J. Mosley would also be ideal. Obviously, C.J.'s a middle linebacker, as is Joe Schober, but you can find ways to make that work. And and I think maybe you the idea of Joe Schobert as a successful coverage linebacker. You pair him up with Mosley, who's a bit of a sure, more sure tackler on the interior, then you're going to have uh, maybe a little bit better overall defense. And then getting maybe a second defensive tackle that's somebody affordable or somebody at the lower levels of the defensive end, maybe Ezekiel Ansa is a defensive end option. I, there's only so much they can spend. But if you could get in a dream world, I guess if you could get Barr – you could get Mosley and then you could get Grady Jarrett. You would feel pretty good about that. I mean, I would love Jadavian Clowney if the, if the Texans let him get to free agency. He is extremely well-rounded. I think his pass, uh, pass rush production stuff dipped a little bit, but I think it was because of uh, some other factors. He did really well against the run. If his name gets to free agency, that's the one they could swing like crazy for to address one of those positions. I, I put out an article in the OBR – uh, or sorry, waiting for next year this morning about plan A, plan B, plan C. And and if those names get there, I think that those would be the ideal. But Grady Jarrett is the number one player in my list. Keeping on a, um, a free agent topic, do you th- are you comfortable relying on Greg Robinson uh, to um, play uh, left tackle? Another good question. I think you can. There's a world where you can rely on Greg Robinson to be your left tackle. It's just going to take a lot of assistance from uh, the, the, the scheme like they did earlier this year, or sorry, the second half of the year where they were using uh, chipping running backs and chipping tight ends and using play action concepts quite frequently to, uh, to sort of offset their issues at tackle. So there is a world where that works. I think they can improve upon left tackle, but they can bring, they can bring uh, Greg Robinson back and be fine. But if there are options out there to upgrade or at least challenge Greg for that position, it would make a lot of sense for them, if you ask me. So, obviously, in terms of the offense, the weakest place was that um, offensive tackles, the pair of them. Have you seen anyone you'd feel comfortable in the draft sort of taking as a tackle in that first round? Um, You can't really deal with it in free agency. It's never a good place to deal with tackles. But could you see us... Maybe a Dillard. There's a few other names being batted around potentially at 17. Yeah, so Dillard's a name. I haven't studied tackles like I need to. Obviously, Jonah Williams has opinions that are sort of all over the board, so I'm not entirely sure. I don't have a great answer on that one yet. Um, but, you know, there's Yadni Kajus. There, there are options at 17 if they want them. If they want to go round two, I think there will be some decent options too. So if it comes to 17 and Jonah Williams is still there, or you feel good about, um, you know, Dillard's ability to translate what he did in college to the NFL in terms of run game, 
stuff like I know I know Dillard had mentioned at the Senior Bowl that he never uh, has never really been in a three point stance and some of those different little odds and ends that might come end up catching up with him. But there are options there that can be had. I'm just not sure that they're immediate upgrades like they can upgrade with the likes of uh, Jakai Polite or uh, if anybody gets there, Jeffrey Simmons or Christian Wilkins would be on a defensive line. So they have to balance that that put that positional need and best player available will be something that I pay a, a lot of attention to. And, and we'll probably have clear answer on those things by, by the end of free agency, but you're right, Jack, there's really not a free agency answer at tackle. Awesome. One of our regular listeners, Jim Custard from Go- uh, Goal in Ireland. He says, do the Browns need an upgrade at strong safety depth? Was uh, Kendred a capable contributor last year or was he just used in the box? Good question. Um, I think I think that they will probably look to upgrade him. I, I I would imagine so. He can play that box safety and be, you know, be okay. But I think that they might look to upgrade that position overall. They might spend a late draft pick on that position, but it's not altogether extremely vital. I, I think you can still be fine with Derek Kindred, but for the most part, they might consider upgrading that spot. Um, and and if I had to guess, uh, Jack, I, I or sorry. Paul, I, I would presume that they do so late in the draft, maybe one of their extra fifth-round picks uh, or something along those lines. Yeah, because Kindred was a fourth-round pick, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't expected to, to do all too much, but he's done a nice job. I'm just not sure. They, they really have figured out in his time uh, spent with the Browns that he hasn't been very good in pass coverage, so they, they might look to, uh, to bring somebody in who can focus a little bit more there. So a question from a... Uh... Guy that's always active, Hammer, and the ta- handle is at in Dorsey We Trust. In what area slash skill do we want to see Baker improve on in year two? Here's here's where I am with Mayfield. I tried to address this in my last podcast. If you look at what Mayfield was able to do, which included 39 tight window throws, uh, which were second in the NFL, uh, by far, pro- I can't even say. It is by far the most impressive part of his game. The ability to throw the football and fit it into tight windows is one of the more challenging things in the NFL for quarterbacks to do. And being able to do it at that level in just 13 games was really special. Now, 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. You're looking at pretty much a two-for-one ratio. Where I think he can get better, if you take his game statistics, extrapolate them over 16 games instead of 13, you're looking at, or should say 13 and a half. You're looking at probably like 32, 33 touchdowns, probably something along the lines of 15, 16 interceptions, uh, 42-ish, 100 yards, 64 completion percentage, maybe 65. It's, what I'm getting at is if he just sort of stays at the status quo, he is a really, really good NFL quarterback. There are signs there that he can be that elite quarterback we all hope he can be. But if he just remains doing what he is doing the rest of his career, that's really impressive. And that's going to be a really, uh, you know, a decade long of really good quarterback play for the Browns. I expect there to be a jump as there are for most quarterbacks year one to year two. The game sort of slows down. You get more coaching. You get all offseason, all training camp, all OTAs as the first team quarterback. All of those things come into play. You add in Freddie Kitchens getting a full offseason with Mayfield to get as, as comfortable with each other as they can instead of that sort of rushed marriage that they had in season. You add Todd Monk and his ability or I should say his passion to drive the football downfield. I think the end goal for Mayfield year one to year two is his, his trajectory should be how do, how do I get to where Pat Mahomes is? 
the Browns have to add more weapons around him. I think that they can do that. But at the same time, there's enough here to say, I want to get to 40 touchdowns. I would like to cut the interception number down to about 10 or so-ish. I think that's got to be the goal. Cut down on turnover-worthy throws and really continue to, um, you know, take those traits that you showed in year one and, and push them into year two and sort of advance on those. And I think there's there's every sign that he'll be able to do that. I'm very interested to see how he goes year one to year two, but we should feel extremely encouraged. Yeah, I think the, you had the really good point on your podcast today where you went into even more detail. And I think it all, it's all about what the turnover actually is because if um, there was uh, my favorite pass of the year was the insane one, which he literally fit within a couple of inches um, and it went through to Jarvis Landry, the really long one. Um, but that could have easily been a turnover. And the aspect of, I think if we'd go the more Moncton route, we saw a lot of turnovers for um, Fitz magic and with uh, Winston. But if it's a case of you're airing it up and you're getting an interception and the other team's getting it back on their five yard line, it's not that bad an interception because it's basically the same as a punt. So and there's variables to that too, Jack. Like he threw, uh, I think, 15 turnover worthy passes and 14 of them were intercepted. That's a really yeah. high number. So there's going to be times where balls are just dropped, interceptions are dropped, or guys don't make a great play on it like we saw this year. So you're right. There is going to be some balance where tight window throws are, um, you know, a little bit of a precautionary thing because you've got to find a balance there. And I tried to address that today that I didn't – when I was watching the Browns, I didn't necessarily see them have open receivers running all the time downfield, that, that, you know, as opposed to what you maybe saw for Mayfield at Oklahoma where there were quite a few open receivers he was throwing to occasionally. I didn't see that with the Browns very often. Separation wasn't necessarily at a premium. And I get that separation isn't always going to happen in the NFL, but you would hope as time evolves, as Monkin gets involved, as Kitchens gets more involved and comfortable with Mayfield, they can find ways to scheme guys open more often alleviate some of those unnecessary tight window throws that can lead to interceptions. And then you can sort of take out those turnover worthy decisions that we see often. But I think to sort of the crux of who Mayfield is, he's going to have that, that, that desire to rip the ball into tight windows. Like he's a gunslinger by nature. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits around 10 to 15 interceptions a year, but if you're throwing 35 to 40 touchdowns a year, with 10 to 15 interceptions, it's not a big deal. So he's got to find that balance. He's got to continue to be able to be comfortable using his check down, some of those things. So I think we'll, uh, I think we'll see the best version of him next year. Just my one last question on Baker. Do you think the tackle play has an impact? Because Freddie did some awesome scheme work to cover that weaknesses of both tackles. But does that have a knock-on effect of we didn't have as many um, receivers schemed open, less downfield, because they were sort of, penning almost tight ends in to cover and protect your two tackle tackles yeah I mean it could I think that those that'll be a big part of what they do is because downfield passing game will be important obviously uh, if you look at what you mentioned earlier Jack with 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 uh, the Buccaneers there were only two quarterbacks in the NFL who threw the ball past the first down marker on 50 percent of the throws and both played for Tampa Bay so that aggressive style is going to come here Monk and that aggressive style was already here with Kitchens, but how they sort of manifest the balance in uh, protecting their tackles from tough situations. I thought Mayfield did a really nice job in the second half of the year, finding the balance and getting out of the pocket and sliding and shuffling and uh, avoiding defenders while all while keeping his eyes downfield, which is a really great trait. If you have a quarterback who drops his eyes at the hint of pressure, that's a big problem. 
tough for guys to get over that. Mayfield was one of the best at keeping his eyes focused downfield while also being able to to work in the pocket, step up, slide out, some of that stuff. That was really encouraging. But they're going to have to help tackles on occasion. Everybody in the NFL helps their tackles on occasion. But you want your tackles to be able to sit on an island every now and again and sort of anchor in their man because, you know, the more receivers you can have out, it's going to stretch a defense as, as often as possible. That's going to give you more passing windows to throw in. So I do expect them to, uh, uh, you know, help their tackles. Even if they draft one, um, you know, either Dillard or, uh, you know, Williams or whoever, uh, they, they, I do expect them to help those tackles out still. It's the frequency at which they help them, which will be very interesting to me and will tell us how much they trust them. Excellent. Um, Jack, have you got some breaking news there coming through? It's football-related news. Chelsea got Man United in the cup, but back to this. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Jake, um, hell, hellhound, East London uh, fan of ours who listens to the show. He's actually a West Ham uh, supporter. Would you move Ogba inside and get another pass rusher? I, I don't think so. I've, I've been sort of underwhelmed by when Emmanuel Ogba did get interior reps. I think that's easy to say, but I don't think that's a fit for him. Uh, I'm not sure if as a stand-up end is going to be something he can do long-term. I'm not sure. He has a lot to prove in terms of consistency. I think he's best with his hand in the dirt, but he's got to be more productive as a pass rusher. I'm not sure if he was dinged up this year. I can't give a great answer on it, but I do know it's a, a vital year for him as an end. I do think the Browns will bring in somebody else uh, as an end whether it's in the first round, second round, whatever, there's a lot of talent at pass rushing edge, edge players, and there's a lot of talent in the free agency market. So it is a critical year for Emmanuel Ogba if he, if he intends to be around the Browns for a long time. But I don't think he has a future on the interior uh, any, anywhere near consistently. Maybe in pass rush situations where you want to get more speed on the field in general, you know, third and eight plus where you know that they're going to throw and you can pin your ears back. But I've been underwhelmed by his interior rep, so I'm not sure that is the easy answer there. No, thank you so much for coming on, Jake. You are one of our favorite guests and sort of one of the superstars of the Brown community. Let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, so you can follow me at Jake underscore Burns 18 uh, on Twitter. I also run the at Browns uh, Film Breakdown channel, which is at Browns Film BDM. We have a YouTube channel if you want to follow the Browns Film Breakdown channel. And then once a week, sometimes twice a week, I'll write on cleveland.com. And then if you're an OBR subscriber, I put a lot of content out on uh, the Orange and Brown Report as well. And then occasionally a cameo on Waiting for Next Year is, 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 uh, is also it. So a lot of different places. All right, thank Excellent. you so much. Guys, make sure you subscribe to our show. Subscribe to all the Jake stuff. Um, thank you for all your support. Um, as of this week, we've hit our biggest month ever and we just continue to go from strength to strength. And that's just thanks to you guys. So thank you so much for your support. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys, uh, for all your reviews, subscriptions, retweets. And uh, Jake, last question for you. 2019, when are we going to meet up again? Hmm. Got to see the schedule, man. I'll be up at every home game, so whenever you guys get in town, let me know. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Jake, it's been a real pleasure seeing you, and it was great meeting you in Cleveland this year. And uh, I look forward to introducing Jack to you face-to-face -face over a couple of drinks. All right, guys. I look forward to that as well. You guys take care. Thanks a lot.